0: Stimulus checks are rolling out. Did you get yours yet? Uh, Apparently, millions of Americans have already received their uh, stimulus. I don't even call them checks. They're not all checks, right? But they've received their stimulus money via direct deposit. Uh, Apparently, the federal government is now mailing out five million paper checks a week to those who have not set up direct deposit. Uh, And so 5 million apparently went out on Friday, April 24th, another 5 million this week, yesterday and today. People are apparently receiving their stimulus checks. And so um, what are you going to do with it? Now, for some people, the answer is really, really simple because you actually desperately need that $1,200 or that additional $500 per uh, child, uh, 18 and under, um, for others of you you don't you don't actually need it in terms of meeting the necessity needs of life and so i'd encourage you to give some serious prayerful consideration to what you're going to do with your stimulus money um and consider your local church consider uh, those who are neighbors or family members who you know are in real need right now consider frontline uh, workers who have lost their jobs in your local community, uh, but whose businesses you sure would like to see come back when all of this is over. There's some, um, there's some, some considerations to be made. Now, if after making all of those considerations, you think to yourself, um, you know, there's one ministry that I rely on pretty much every day, and that's Faith Radio. And maybe you want to consider using some of your stimulus money uh, to support this ministry. This is listener-supported radio which means we're on the air not only to serve you, but we're on the air as a service of one group of listeners who are financially participating in this ministry to those of you who are listening but who are not currently participating in um, in the financial support of the ministry. And so we're going to spend a few days next week in what we call Spring Share. It is an opportunity for listeners to become a part of uh, the network of support of this radio ministry. And so I'm going to invite you to pray about that, to seriously consider how God might be calling you to become a part of the group of people that actually makes this happen each and every day. Uh, we are here at Faith Radio thrilled to be doing our part of this ministry. We love doing what we do each and every day. I hope you hear that in in not only my voice, but the voices that we carry every hour of the day and night. Um, I hope that you have received not only hope and encouragement, but I really do genuinely hope that you would like to see this ministry extended to more and more people. And in order to do that, um, we, we really do need everyone who's listening to do something. Now, the reality is if everyone who is listening right now uh, did something, we wouldn't have to even have fundraising days on the radio. But a very small percentage of listeners actually give. And so one of the things I'm, I'm going to seek to provoke you to consider is moving from the group of people who listen but do not support to becoming a listener who does support. Because once you give, then you recognize, hey, I'm one of the people making this happen. I'm not just a recipient. I'm actually one of the people that's advancing this cause in the culture. And if you want to change the conversation in the culture, this ministry is one of the ways that that, that is happening. And so uh, help us as we have been a help to you and help us as we seek to extend this hopeful ministry to more and more people. All right. Up next, uh, I've got Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families Plugged In. We're going to talk about, hey, hey, what you're watching and what you might be watching uh, in the coming days. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Joining me now, Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families, plugged in. Welcome back, sir.
2: Always great to talk to you, Carmen.
0: Oh, it's great to have you. Your voice is recovered. I trust that you're feeling well.
2: I am getting there. I'm still coughing quite a bit, but a little bit better each week.
0: Well, we're, we're <laughs> praising God. We're praising God for that restoration. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much. I appreciate that.
0: Okay. I know nothing about never have I ever which is apparently something streaming on Netflix. So tell me what I need to know about Never Have I Ever.
2: Yeah, this is a new TV show, as you said, streaming on Netflix, and it's produced by Mindy Kaling, and you're probably familiar with her name. She was on The Office and The Mindy Show. She is a pretty prominent Indian-American woman, and this is a show that focuses on a 15-year-old Indian-American girl. Uh, It's a It's a teen comedy, coming-of-age comedy, and you know the situations in these sorts of stories are pretty boilerplate. We know we're going to have romance. We know we're going to have teens who feel like they're on the outside looking in. We know that there's going to be flirtation with what does it mean to grow up. Uh, All those things are here. That said, um, this is a show in which we see uh, this 15-year-old, her name is Devi, uh, dealing with some pretty big problems and some pretty normal ones. Uh, It turns out her dad died at a school event, and she responded by becoming paralyzed. And so she's known as the girl whose dad died and was paralyzed. But then she gets infatuated with this boy, and that brings her out of her paralysis. And pretty much all she wants to do now is to be with this guy And so she's praying to Hindu gods, because her family is Hindu, uh, that this could happen. And she and her three friends are pretty fixated on sex. Uh, They never actually go there. We see some teens kissing. That's about as much as we ever see. Um, But it's what they're constantly thinking about. And of course, one of her besties is same-sex attracted, which feels like pretty much a requirement in most shows these days. Um, So – Yes, 15-year-olds deal with these issues, uh, but I don't think this is a show that we probably want our 15-year-olds watching because I think it reinforces much of the cultural worldview when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to relationships, and uh, that, the worldview that we see so prevalent there.
0: All right. So I'm crossing that one off my list. Um, you have anything <laughs> on the on the positive recommending list right now in terms of something? And it may not be something brand new. It may be something that um, we haven't looked at, we haven't considered. Anything that you and your family have to recommend that maybe you've discovered during this time?
2: Boy, it's such a good question. And the last few weeks have not been great. So I do have some things but I have to go back a few weeks, you know, in terms of things that have been released recently. Uh, If you missed it, 40, The Temptation of Christ came out uh, about three weeks ago or four weeks ago. Uh, And it's a story uh, that looks at Jesus' time in the desert. Uh, So that is definitely something that uh, families might be interested in. Uh, there's a documentary called Jump Shot, the Kenny Saylor story uh, that I think we talked about. Trolls World Tour, Dolphin Reef, um, and as much as I don't want to be a commercial for Disney Plus, the great thing about Disney Plus is you've got like 70 years of Disney just right there, ready to to stream if you're interested in it. So, in terms of family friendly outlets, it is probably the best of, of those that are available.
0: All right. Um, Adam, how about we take a very brief break? When we come back, I'm really interested in this conversation that as as fewer things obviously are going to the theater because they can't, um, stuff's just going straight to video, which means a lot of it is not even being rated. I want to talk about movie ratings. Uh, I'm talking with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families Plugged In. We'll be right back. Continue my conversation with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families. Plugged in. I just want to remind everybody: you can go to uh, Focus on the Family. They got a really cool streaming thing going on now for free. Adam, remind us how we find that.
2: That is at um, Family. Uh, <laughs> you caught me off guard there. Sorry. Uh,
0: <laughs> Focus yes. on the Family streaming yeah. free. I'm go- I'm Googling now.
2: No, uh, Yes, it's Family at Home. Thank you. Family um, at Home. I love it. Yes, and we are streaming like 30 years of focus on the family content. Uh, you can find Adventures in Odyssey. You can find McGee and Me. You can find The Truth Project. So there's stuff for both kids and for adults uh, that I think will help um, really deal with finding good content for this time at home for your family.
0: Love it. All right. Family at home. All right. So talk with us about um, movie ratings. I mean, they've, they've maybe they're just going away. I don't know. What's happening?
2: I don't know what's happening. Um, other than this week, uh, we did three new Netflix movies, and I noticed that none of them were rated. And this is the first week I have seen that. And You know, Back in the day, if something was unrated, what that meant was it was basically like an NC-17 movie. It was really, really, really raunchy, and they didn't want that brand put on it. Uh, And so you knew if something was unrated, man, we are not going there. This feels like a horse of a different color. This feels like Netflix has just decided the Motion Picture Association of America's rating system is not something that they want to participate in. Uh, and so the, the movies we've seen, a couple of them definitely would have been rated R. One of them might have been PG-13-ish. They're not the unrated movies of the past. It's not, you know, nasty, pseudo-pornographic stuff. Um, but it's concerning to me on multiple levels that, that they aren't rating things. Um, at times in the past, we have been critical of the MPAA's ratings because they've been inconsistent. They're not something that you can absolutely rely upon. But in contrast to no ratings, they're at least a jumping off point for parents to have a sense of, you know, what somebody has said about this movie. And so when there's no rating at all, um, you have no idea what you're getting into. Uh, And, you know, we'll be covering some of them, but it just means you have to be more careful and do more work as parents to decide if something is appropriate for your family or not.
0: All right, we're also um I'm having people who are uh you know saying, "Hey, let's remember PureFlix is a great place to stream as well." Um yeah, yep. absolutely. Adam Adam and I are big fans of PureFlix. We feature PureFlix yep. stuff here all the time. Um so uh so yeah, we totally recognize that. All right, let's um let's talk a little bit about your perspective on how um how Hollywood is dealing with COVID. Because what? the entertainment industry people like, right, how do you you know, how do you promote social influencing in a time of social distancing? Like, this is a good question.
2: Right. No, it's a good question. And I think Hollywood is struggling just like everybody else is struggling to figure out what the new normal is. And Hollywood especially has had the old normal completely shut down. And so they're struggling to figure out how do we film something with social distancing? You know, how do we film something when we need to fly to another country? But you know, there are travel restrictions, there are all of these issues that we have to deal with. And frankly, they are very much on the front end of really trying to answer those questions. So they have more um, questions than answers. Interestingly, the Directors Guild of America has put together kind of a working group to figure this out. And as you know, Life imitates art they have hired contagion director Steven Soderbergh to lead a committee to figure out how they can film things as safely as possible now in the meantime hollywood has a, a money crunch they're trying to figure it out we know trolls released 4 weeks ago trolls world tour to a digital platform uh so you could basically buy your movie ticket by streaming it as opposed to going to a theater and it's made about a hundred million dollars, which is, I think, more than anybody expected that model to make. And so Hollywood is now beginning to look that way as well, and saying, "Hey, maybe we need to rethink this distribution model completely." Uh, but in the meantime, AMC Theaters, who rightly feels sort of a threat to its existence, um, has said, "No, we don't want you to do that. We're not going to play any more Universal movies in protest." So you have the theaters and Hollywood increasingly at war with each other over what model is going to emerge on the other side. So there's a lot of chaos right now. There are a lot of uncertainties, a lot of questions, and Hollywood's trying to figure out how to get back to business as usual, just like all the rest of us. And just like all the rest of us, it's having a hard time.
0: Let's talk a little bit about good news. Uh, Some good news about some good news.
2: Yeah, you know, there's so much bad news out there, right? We, we watch the national news most nights, and it's just grim. Well, um, John Krasinski decided too much bad news. I'm going to do something called good news, and so he has a show called Good News that I believe is streaming online, and it is him just okay. trying to take. I'm the- going
0: gonna, gonna to clearly, I'm going to clearly be the talker now because I have watched it. And it is gross oh, So tell me about
2: it. So what you like about it.
0: Okay, so here's what I like about it. I like that he has cast the net so wide. He invites people to send him stuff. Um, now, I think that initially when he started, right, he's just aggregating like cool stuff that he's hearing about and seeing that's out there. And then, you know, million, literally millions of people tuned in. And so it's on YouTube. It has its own channel now. Some good news. Right. And um, and he and he posts one show a week. Well, now there's some pretty good production value. I mean, he's still just sitting at his house with artwork done by his kids. But um, in terms of the production value, like he has all of these like his friends, right, who are all famous. Come on right. and do cool stuff. And so one week he took, like, the the coronavirus uh, people from a medical center in Boston and he let them, like, they had access to um, the ball field where normally uh, baseball is played. And then one of those baseball players came on and is like, you guys all have season tickets now forever. Like, not just you, no, but like so- your whole, like, cool stuff, right? Yeah, and,
1: that's but awesome.
0: it's but it's not just giving stuff away. Like he held a national prom um, for and right. then he had like really famous people who spun the, who spun the records and, and like people all over the country. All these kids got all dressed up, participated in prom in their own living rooms online together at this Some Good News site. And then um, this this past week, he had a potluck he had a national potluck. And um, and so you would submit your your potluck recipes, which I'm I'm sorry that I didn't submit something because I have all kinds. Um, and then he featured a few of these people like famous chefs making this person's dish in front of them, like online in front of them. So, like, you know, this gal entered her like grandma's pierogi recipe and then Martha Stewart made the pierogies. <laughs> I mean like and then John Krasinski's like okay let me just admit I've never made a pierogi um I didn't know it took all day. So like it's it, it's it's just fun and then um major companies are like understanding that you can get in front of literally millions of positive eyeballs and so right. like this week at the very end he um so who's the guy that goes diners drive-ins and dives? All right, so that guy uh, um he's raised guy. Yeah, that guy. He's like he's raised millions of dollars for um, people in the restaurant and food service industry who've lost their jobs in the midst of all of this. And so, um, guy Guy Ferretti or Ferretti, or Ferretti, whatever his name is, Guy something. Ferretti. And so, so, so he's one of the chefs that did this thing on Some Good News this week. And at the end, then John Krasinski's like, "Hey, um, PepsiCo is really excited about what you're doing, so they're going to round off that 17 million you've raised to 20." Wow, yeah, and so and and guys like standing there, he's like, "You're kidding!" He's literally dumbfounded. And then, um, uh, and then John he ends the program this way. He's like, "So, what does three million dollars in advertising budget buy you today?" And he holds up this homemade artwork by his kids that has like drawn the Pepsi sign, right? And he's like, "That's it. That's what it gets you." <laughs> so, I'm just saying, like, it's a really, really positive. It's just positive. It's very positive energy. There's a ton of people involved. People are doing chalk art all across the country, sending in their pictures. Um, it's just. It's just really positive, and it's super family-friendly because, obviously, it's pretty much um, produced by his kids. So there you go. Wow. That's my Some Good News promo for the day.
2: Well, and your Some Good News promo was better than mine, so I am glad <laughs> that you, you uh, took control. I'm a fan That's of very good.
0: few things. I am a fan of very few things, and That's I'm That's fun, of though. This. I mean, I think I it's, 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 totally great fun. To
2: hear. it's great to hear what you have been engaging with. That has been redemptive and has been encouraging, and I think right now we need a redemptive and encouraging word because there are totally. so many that are are not that. So totally, that sounds great. Well, right. thank you.
0: Yeah, so much fun. I know now you're going to be googling. All right, it's a YouTube. It's a YouTube channel. Some good news. All right, hey, thanks, Adam Holt, so much. You guys can check out what Adam's doing at Plugged In, which is at focusonthefamily.com. We'll be right back. We talked to Stephen Garber about The Seamless Life here on Mornings with Carmen a month ago today. So on April the 1st, we had a conversation um, with the author of The Seamless Life that you just heard all about from our friends at the Colson Center. Uh, John Stone Street is a big fan, obviously, of Stephen Garber. So you could check out that podcast by going to MyFaithRadio.com, type in Garber, G-A-R-B-E-R, and it'll pop you right to the podcast that you're looking for. If you just want to go to the podcast page for Mornings with Carmen, then you're going to be looking for uh, the podcast from April the 1st of this year, The Seamless Life by Stephen Garber. I, was, I think it was a great conversation that we had here. All right. Up next, I am going to be talking with David Schmoos from the Christian Educators Association International. Christians who are in education need encouragement um, and This is the association that does that. We're going to talk about some free resources that are available to you as educators right now. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. 20
1: years of marriage, three kids, and he's gone. Traded in for a younger model. This is Max Locato. She told me her story and we prayed. And then I said, it won't be painless or quick. But God will use this mess for good. With God's help, you'll get through this. Remember Joseph? Genesis 37, 4 says his brothers hated him. Far from home, they cast him into a pit, leaving him for dead. A murderous cover-up from the get-go. Pits have no easy exit. Joseph's story got worse before it got better. Yet in his explanation, we find his inspiration. You meant evil against me he Said, but God meant it for good. The very acts intended to destroy God's servant turned out to strengthen him. The same will be said about you. You will get through this. This is Max Locato. Bicky by B O Bo Bicky by Bo Bicky by Bo
0: Welcome back. I'm thrilled to have joining us again today, David Schmuz from the Christian Educators Association International. David, welcome back.
3: Thank you so much, Carmen. So good to be here.
0: Well, it's wonderful to have you. We have, um, you know, had a growing level of concern for educators out there across the country. I know that you have surveyed uh, your own members. Give us a sense of maybe some of the felt needs of educators during this very strange time.
3: Uh, yeah, it certainly is a very unusual time for our educators. I mean, think about uh, you know millions of teachers in this nation uh, coming up every day to a classroom and all of a sudden, in a matter of a few days, in many cases, being thrust into this world of of digital or online learning. You know, And over 75% of them, according to our survey, believe this is going to be the new normal for the foreseeable future. Uh, less than 10% believe they'll be heading back to their physical classrooms this school year. I suspect that's probably fairly accurate. Um, the, the three biggest felt needs we're seeing um, from our teachers right now, one is they miss their students. And, uh, you know, having been a teacher, I understand that often the students that we feel need us the most are often the ones that have the least access to technology and are maybe the least likely to actually log on and sign on. And, and take advantage of what's available. And so, um, you know, one of our survey respondents said, "said, uh, uh, you know, how in the world are we supposed to meet our students' needs? I had nine borderline suicidal students before all this happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's the kind of situation many of them are facing. You know, people uh, go into teaching profession generally because they love kids and to uh, be cut off from those relationships. You know, uh, March and April, I think, from being a teacher, is sort of the sweet spot. You know, you, you've you spent all year developing Relationships and developing your classroom management and and you 're not yet to the end of the school year where kids are counting down the days and losing their motivation uh, you 're in that sort of sweet spot where all your hard work for the year is starting to pay off and to have that interrupted and to miss these kids and and to miss the impact you can make in their lives uh, that that 's very difficult for our, for our teachers
0: Go ahead. yeah i 'm hearing that from um from my my friends who you know are Christians and who are educators. Um, I would definitely say that their testimony, it lines up exactly with what, with what you're saying. Um, they, they genuinely don't just miss their students. They're really genuinely concerned about their welfare.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and for some students, uh, school represents their safe place. Right. you know, it's the place where they feel emotional, physical safety, and also uh, they get fed in many cases. And so uh, our teachers are, are really bra- their hearts are breaking over that. Um, the second thing that they're feeling uh, from the survey results, and it's very closely related to that, is is it's hard to motivate their students. You know, how do you? In some of these cases, the districts are saying, well. Because we can't deliver education in an an equitable or or equal manner, uh, therefore, the grading can't really count or you can't lower their grades. Uh, This isn't happening across the board, but it's certainly very widespread. And so in some cases, teachers are assigning work that doesn't have to be done. Uh, and they don't have the physical presence to say, you know, have a kid sit down at their desk. Here's your pencil. You know, I'm going to stand over you while you do this work. You know, it's a, it, all, all the normal modes of motivation, if you will, are out the window, other than just simply the relationship the teacher has with that student and the uh, choices of that student to to engage in some cases. And so, uh, if the parents aren't on board, if the parents are too busy, it's really difficult to motivate those kids. And so, uh, that also is wearing on the heart of uh, teachers. I, I heard one teacher where. Um, you know, he's basically got three or four kids that are engaging online and he's just, okay, well, Lord, I'm going to pour myself into these three or four kids because that's who's here. And that's all I can really do. And uh, that's a, d- a very difficult situation.
0: So I'll give uh, one encouragement to teachers who, um, who, if their students aren't necessarily doing the online work, it is possible that they're still working. I have not been able to engage our youngest here. Online is just really problematic. Um, yeah. But he has cultivated um, a love of reading during this time because it's what's available and uh, it's it opens up conversations. And so I've been using that to have him write a book report each day. And so we're working on writing. We're working on reading comprehension. None of that's online. Um, But he is doing work that, you know, that, frankly, his teacher sees because I take pictures of him doing it and just text them to her. But he's not doing the online stuff because that's just not a safe place of engagement where I can let him just spend time freely.
3: Yeah, you know, it's funny as as a side note, many parents are discovering uh, they think they're homeschooling, but they're really not. They're they're homeschooling with someone else's curriculum, and and that can be that can be very challenging. Uh, and so you're finding that yeah, if you take your kid according to his bent uh, and say what what works for my kid and 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 work with that, uh, that's brilliant. Uh, and and that, this of course will benefit uh, your child for probably much more than the the curriculum that he would have been assigned otherwise. But, of course, lots of parents uh, aren't in the position where they have the free time or the energy or the ability uh to uh to handle that or or to understand those things and make those decisions so it 's very difficult um, you know and our teachers also uh you know one of the things that that came out of the survey as well is uh you know our teachers are saying hey i've got my own kids now <laughs> and i mm-hmm. so- Online all day with with my students or trying to engage my students. My own kids are sort of having the same situation you're finding yourselves now. I've got these now I'm homeschooling my own kids with other teachers' curriculums as well, and and that's of course uh, a very difficult thing as well. Um, you know the the third thing the survey results show is that uh, they're missing their colleagues and they're just uh, you know showing up uh, to school and having that camaraderie and and their team and. Uh, they're uh, uh, professional learning communities, are PLCs, as sometimes the acronym goes. That we kind of make fun of sometimes, but uh, nonetheless, having that camaraderie is, is a big deal for many of our members and teachers, and and they're missing that terribly and feeling very isolated. So, um, you know, one of our one of our teachers uh, wrote in the survey, uh, "This new normal could make me feel worthless." However, I know I am a child of God, so I'm not worthless. Amen to that. However, I feel stymied that I can't fulfill my calling to touch lives. I'm not a techie. I never was. I never want to be. I'm a people person. This is an extremely difficult time for me. Um, and so all kinds of challenges out there our teachers are facing.
0: I'm talking with David Schmoos from the Christian Educators Association International. You can find them at c e a i dot o r g. Um, David, let's take a very brief break, and then we come back. I'd love for you to um, encourage us in how we can encourage educators right now. Um, And then I'd love love to talk with you about what you guys are doing uh, at CEAI for educators and how folks can find some resources that might be helpful to them in this very uh, difficult and challenging time to be an educator today in America. I'm talking with David Schmoos, We'll be right back. Continuing my conversation now with David Schmuse from the Christian Educators Association International. You can find what we're talking about at ceai.org. David, what are some practical things that those of us who love our teachers could be doing right now for them?
3: You know, I would say simply reach out to them as you would to anyone else. Encourage them. Let them know you're thinking about them. Let them know you're praying about them. I just got a text yesterday from a friend that I don't see a whole lot, but he said, hey, Dave, I've been thinking about you and praying about you lately, just wanna let you know. You know, uh, teachers are just regular people. And and I would say just any way you would reach out to someone else, they would certainly appreciate. Uh, And certainly, as you mentioned, we have some resources that you can direct them to. I think that would be also very encouraging to them um if you go to if you go to our website if you go we have a covid19 response page and you can link it from the main page or go to ceai.org covid19 and there are several things there you can uh, you can direct teachers to uh one of those things is uh we've just had a digital learning booster webinar. Okay, we call we call it the COVID-19 digital learning booster. Uh this is a a webinar we did this week that's now available for uh viewing uh, in, in a recorded way uh on our website that gives a little uh, kind of uh, a step up if you will. You know, stu- teachers have been working now for several weeks about uh, how to do this online learning and they've figured some things out, but they're ready for maybe uh, the next step uh, uh, In terms of being effective maximizing motivation and connection and, and those kinds of things. So that's a that's a very it's a free resource There's no charge for that uh, on our website that, that you can direct teachers to right now uh, We also offered we did a, a online uh, Some a virtual summit last fall called rise up. We had about 7,000 teachers engaged with that and two of the most popular sessions were on anxiety by a world-renowned scholar, J.P. Moreland. And we've made those sessions also available for free uh, during the COVID crisis on our, on that same website. So uh, two sessions on anxiety for teachers who are facing that. And then we also have a Facebook group uh, that is uh, called a CEI Prayer and Encouragement Group. And uh, that's open to any, any Christian educator out there who just feels they want to Online community that would help them uh, face this crisis together and, and submit repair requests and support one another. And then we're also gathering for prayer uh, on every Tuesday at two o'clock Eastern uh, until this crisis uh, passes. And that's a you know kind of like a Zoom call situation where a video call and we're gathering and and we've just had Marilyn Rames with teachers who pray. Uh, join us this past week we 've had others uh, come and pray with us and so if that 's something that teachers need uh, or would like to have in terms of a method of support and encouragement, a way to feel like they're they're doing something uh, in this crisis and not sort of being passive uh, you know one thing we 're trying to get teachers to understand is that rather than seeing this crisis as something that 's coming against us. Uh, let's, let's let God show us that we are being released into this crisis as God's spirit-filled ambassadors to bring His love and transformation to everyone in every situation we connect with. You know, this is an opportunity for us to be released and to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, rather than to sort of see ourselves as this is now coming against us and and we're we're some kind of victim or or what have you. Uh, but hey, what is God doing, and how can I partner with it? Is trying to is the question I, I'm trying to get teachers to to ask because uh, when we have that mentality uh that god helps us put the situation in perspective
0: so i'm thinking um david that in terms of ways that those of us who now appreciate what teachers in the classroom have been dealing with in terms of having our own kids at home um mm-hmm. and and now that we are more aware of just how long this might last in terms of like we're responsible for this now at least to the end of this school year and next school year in some places is looking more questionable um, than in other places. I think that the appreciation that we have for what educators uh, are doing day in and day out, not just with our individual child, but with lots of other kids, um, I do think there's going to be a, a deeper appreciation when we go back to school for not only school, but for the teachers who are there. Mm-hmm. So talk with us, just, just talk with us about um, about why people teach. What what is for? What is the motivation for Christians to enter into um, education and to and to teach?
3: Well, that's a great question, Carmen. Uh, you know, as I said earlier, it uh, starts with loving kids. You know, for for me, what what got me into teaching was both a sense of a, a sense of calling. Uh, I I came, and this isn't true of everyone, obviously, but I came at a seminary and already had sort of a missional mentality of, okay, Lord, you've released me into into this world to to bring transformation, to bring your love. How can I best do that? How have you shaped me to do that? And uh, the classroom seemed to be uh, the obvious example uh, to that. But also for me you know when i grew up i had a hard time understanding uh i didn't have a lot of people in my life that would explain to me how the world worked <laughs> and so um the opportunity to sort of help kids navigate the world and help them make sense of things uh was was very much a calling for me you know the skills required i think what we're seeing in this in this culture is is people are realizing the skills required to manage a room of of you know twenty five thirty thirty five kiddos uh, and 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 create something beautiful in the process uh, that's not chaotic that's not uh, you know that's not <laughs> a little more rare than some people think it is uh, and so I think we are seeing a, a much more of a growing development or appreciation rather for teachers develop in, in our nation I, I I funny I watched the um, I don't know if you've seen those YouTube videos uh, John Krasinski with the some good oh, news I love really that. enjoyed those. Yeah. And he one comment he made was, uh, you know, teachers, okay, we I think they should be paid, you know, one point seven million dollars uh per day. You know, <laughs> and we're seeing a lot of that appreciation and we certainly we certainly do appreciate that. Um yeah, it's it's not a it's not an easy thing to uh to bring uh, beauty out of chaos in a in a in a classroom and so we uh, certainly appreciate our teachers today.
0: David, please pass along um our gratitude to Uh, the teachers with whom you are communicating through the Christian Educators Association International. Again, we want to invite you, if you are a teacher, if you're an educator, if you are um, interested in supporting those who are, please check out the resources available at ceai.org. In particular, we want to uh, direct everybody to, um, to the webinar that was recently held, giving you a little bit of a digital boost that is available online. David, thanks again for joining us.
3: Thank you so much, Carmen. It's been quite a pleasure.
0: It is a pleasure. We'll be right back. So I'm asking uh, everyone who's listening right now to do two things. First of all, next week is National Teacher Appreciation Week. All kinds of things going on next week, by the way. Uh, There is the Christian Leadership Alliance Digital Summit going on all week. I mention that because I am one of the speakers. My time slot is actually uh, on Saturday, a week from tomorrow. So the Christian Leadership Alliance, things going on all week next week, uh, digitally instead of in person. Next week is also the National Teacher Appreciation Week. Um, it, it will be may the, may the 4th, so we will talk about May the Force Be With You. That's definitely something I'm talking about Monday. Cinco de Mayo is happening the 5th of May. Um, but in addition to all of that, we are going to spend a week doing what we call um, Spring Share. So I want you to pray this weekend as we prepare for our spring fundraiser next week. So as you know, in the midst of whatever else is happening in the world, the show must go on. In fact, we haven't missed a beat. Uh, And so if you have come to depend on us, then one thing that we we need you to know is that we depend entirely on listener support to enable us to do what we do every day. So if you appreciate and value this radio ministry, I want you to pray this weekend about how God is calling you to become a part of the financial support system of Faith Radio. So next week, Tuesday to Friday, we're going to gather right here, as we always do. We're going to pray. We're going to celebrate. uh, And yes, we're going to invite you to become a part of the Faith Radio giving family. So this weekend, I'm going to invite you to join me in preparing in prayer as God tills the soil of thousands of listeners' hearts to call, text, or go online to give at myfaithradio.com. So we're going to share stories of how Faith Radio has impacted your life and the lives of others. If you still want to share your Faith Radio uh, your Faith Radio impact story, you can do that by calling the Faith Line uh, at 877-933-2484. And I think you press the number one. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. All right. Uh, let us hear your story. Look forward to sharing with you during Share. Have a great weekend and God bless.